It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I say, how are you? And welcome to another program that is an estate planning essentials radio program. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the owner of KWM Radio, and I'm sitting with my co-host of this show, who is assertively protecting your family, your assets, and you both on the air and off the air. And his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, you are an attorney. You are a Dallas estate planning expert. I've known you for 10 years. You're my good friend, and I highly endorse you, recommend you. I think you're the, maybe the only person I've ever endorsed, speaking of endorsements before the show, um, and for very good reason. So I admonish the listeners to listen attentively to this program and to attend your next workshop, which is in August, and we'll get to that in a second. But we want to talk about that thing that's in the news a lot called fentanyl. And... I read the other day about how Robert De Niro's grandson overdosed on fentanyl. You knew it. You kind of sensed it when you saw the article because they didn't necessarily say he OD'd or OD'd on fentanyl. And then it comes out a few days later, he did. And that's very sad. 19-year-old boy. Apparently, De Niro and his family really loved him. And goodness gracious, Michael, it's in the news all the time now. And it is a scary drug. But you wanted to address that in a minor way, but more in a major way. How to deal with estate planning and drug-addicted children. You know, there's there always been, been saying for years now, it's an opioid crisis. Right. And every day, like you say, the fentanyl. The, Crack in yeah. the 90s. Yeah, and, I mean, wherever they even, remember if they even found some white stuff in the White House uh, right. <laughs> uh, recent weeks. Uh, right. So, I mean, every, it, there's like this fentanyl and maybe in cocaine, and I, I'm not really familiar with all the different types of drugs. Right. Because it's just not my deal. But right. the... Um, uh, basically, it's it's a crisis uh, in the country, and you're seeing more and more people die. Every like you said, every day it seems like you hear about a teenager dying. Right. Uh, you hear about people have these addictions. I mean, I know that there's been it used to be in the old days, or alcohol was the main thing, and I guess it's still a major issue. Sure. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of different types of substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like the drug abuse is really prevalent yeah. now. Right. And so we. So now, as a result, how do you plan if, let's say, your child has some sort of drug addiction? And it may be, it may be depend how old that child is and what their story is and how long they've been addicted. Uh, and the planning could be different. What if you did nothing at all? Right. What if you did nothing at all? Let's say you had no will, no trust, nothing. And you had uh, three children and a third of your estate after you die, mm-hmm. after, let's say, a spouse dies, goes to that child. Yeah. Well, what have you done? Have you helped that child? Right. That money just goes down the drain and probably makes them even worse. So it's the blind leading the blind. It's the irresponsible not doing something. And then the irresponsible inherits everything. Right. 
I mean, and is that going to be a good thing? So everything you've done, is that really what you want to do? do you, you might say, I don't care anymore. I'm dead. Mm-hmm. That's what right. some people might say. Sure. And that that's, I guess, your possibility. <laughs> right. You say, I'm deal, done dealing with this person. Right. So we've done, we've done shows on people like that who don't yeah. care, celebrities, and they just say, that's your problem. It's not mine. Right. I mean, remember we had uh, recent weeks, there's been the fight over Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Did she have a will? Oh, we found one under the cushions in the in the couch. Or, oh, no, it's this one. Right. Uh, which Some one? handwritten wills, apparently, right, right, that right. two sons you know, are contesting. All, yeah, when you have large estates, all of a sudden they find some wills. Right. You know, it's come, remember how Howard Hughes years ago? Right. Uh, oh, uh, he never had, oh, yes, I was at a gas station, and I mm-hmm. have a handwritten will all to the gas attendant, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So it, it's funny when it comes to money. Right. A lot of strange things happen. Sure. But, uh, but if you do, but you ought to. So that means you probably should do something, and mm-hmm. you don't want it to go to the wrong hands a lot of times. And Boy. so then you say, "What can I do to plan so that things are done?" I mean, one thing. Before you go any further, is there ever a situation? I've asked you this in the past. I still don't remember your answers, and I'm sorry I don't. It's my failure. But is there ever a situation where you should do nothing? I guess it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. If the, in my mind, you should always do something, okay, because you never know what the future could hold. Let's say uh, you had no assets. You had no assets mm-hmm. at all. Do I even need a will? Well, you have no assets now, but something could occur. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I'm going to tell you an awful story, and this is another day in the life type deal. Okay. I had somebody we'd done a trust for. Now, this person had planned. But did they plan? They were in their 50s or 60s. They had a disabled child and another child. Um, And they were driving in West Texas. uh, And they slowed down because of construction. And unfortunately, a 18-wheeler was going 75 miles an hour and just plowed over, and both of them were killed. Goodness. Now, if they had no will or trust, what would happen? Oh, they had a disabled child. Well, oh, my gosh. If they had nothing, they could say they had zero assets. Well, what would they have needed to do? Well, somebody's going to have to collect on behalf of the estate. So that means you're going to have to go through an heirship determination. And by the way, what would have happened to the disabled child? They would have lost their public benefits, mm. valuable public benefits, mm. I might add. So, uh, so even if uh, we had another case where somebody had a trust that was fully funded, so you say, okay, why do they need a will? You always have what's called a pour-over will if you have a trust, because there could be something happen. Well, unfortunately, in this case, even though it was fully funded, the uh, we may have talked about this on the show previously because it just happened earlier this year, um, where the unfortunately the uh, it was a husband and wife had set up a trust. Uh, the husband's mother was uh, looks like that they're going to get a settlement from a particular facility who hired a felon who murdered um, uh, elderly women and after sexually abusing them. So now the facility is likely to pay for their negligent employment of that individual, and there's going to be a large payment to the estate of mom, which it says goes to the two children. Well, since that time, the husband has died. Hmm. They had all their assets in a trust, but he needed to have a will. Why? To collect the assets from the after, after mom's estate is being paid to him. Okay. So if there's a personal injury accident or something awful like this, 
there may be a reason, even if somebody had zero assets, that mm-hmm. they ought to have some estate planning. Mm-hmm. And and just and, and and it's not just having benef- and you shouldn't just have beneficiary designations because bad things happen to beneficiaries. They could die. They could become disabled. They could have creditors. They could have addictions, like we just talked about, or we're talking about here today. So bad things happen to people. The world is not a perfect place, and we have to think about all the different things that could occur, and then it's just a matter of what type of things that you want to protect against. And our case today uh, is about how do you deal with a child that has or a beneficiary has a drug addiction. If you, Some people might say, ugh, I just want to dis- – I've paid enough for this child. They've caused me nothing but headaches and nothing but problems. And so some people might just say, I disinherit you. That may be okay. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes it's, you know, I don't remember, several weeks ago, uh, probably two or three months ago, we talked about ethical wills and things that you wanted to pass on. And maybe you say, I will forgive you uh, in your ethical will. It's not, a, it's not a legal document. It's a document that says what you want to pass on to your children or grandchildren or whomever, what your values are. It could be about your religious values. It could be about uh, who I want to forgive or who I want to be forgiven by. It could be... Um, your favorite recipes and why you liked them. I, mm-hmm. It could be anything. Amazing. But here, you know, here you got a, a, an awful situation, and a lot of times we just see it. Sometimes, uh, and, and so, but really, do you? The question is, do you care? Do you care? Maybe you don't love that person anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. but maybe you want to help them too. Mm-hmm. If you disinherit them, which some people would do, are you really helping them? Maybe not. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. So. If, but some people might choose disinheritance as an option, uh, but it may not uh, be the best option. It just depends on the individual. My father owns radio stations around the country he has for 50 or 60 years. And he's 85 years old, 85 and a half, be 86 in November. And I've told you this before, but he has his, he does things the old-fashioned way. He has a dining room table. And he has paper files. He wouldn't have a. He, wouldn't, he doesn't have a cell phone, let alone a laptop or desktop or something. It's just papers and files and dining room table. And these are stacked, and they're always stacked. Either they're stacked in his home in Pennsylvania or elsewhere on an airplane. There's just stacks, and he always has an estate planning file. And it's probably more than one file. It's like four or five of them with different plans of what he's going to do, and he has it in front of him all of the time. Do I know what's in that? Not really. I think I do in general terms, but that was two years ago, a year and a half ago when we last discussed it, and things change. But he has that file in front of him, Michael, because he knows that things change, people change, relationships change, values change, desires change, plans change. We should be here all day. And this is all the more reason why people shouldn't, to use the word again, be irresponsible. They should do something because at least my father is aware of those changes. And, you know, whatever happens, happens if and when he passes. I leave that in God's hands. I don't stress that out. And I told that to Sarah last night when we went out to dinner that I can't go deep like that. I can't think about that. It's in God's hands. And I leave it up to my father. But that's how he does it. And he's, he reviews it between you and me probably every week. You know, I mean, I'm glad he reviews it every week. However, 
you know, I know a lot of times parents don't want to discuss with kids because they think, oh, they're going to do something with my money or something like that. and and they're going Or to they like the surprise element. Yeah. They don't want anybody to know until they're past. Right, right, right. So uh, kind of reminds me of the movie, well, some movies, you know, uh-huh. like uh, Knives Out or whatever. I remember Knives Out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, I think really, though, if you really, just like anything in life, if there's something that lacks clarity, I think it's something that should be discussed mm-hmm. of why. It's kind of like when we were talking about just a second ago, the ethical wills. What was important? Why did you make these decisions? What is it that was, what was important to you? Mm-hmm. In, and maybe there could be some life lessons, but still, uh, communication is uh, obviously, something that is usually desirable because sure. otherwise, you, somebody may think that you did something for one reason, but they actually did it for a different reason that you never thought about. Mm-hmm. So, if there's, um, uh, you know, clarity, I, I, I think um, I think it'd been better. It's better to discuss mm-hmm. if parents should discuss with kids mm-hmm. what they're doing and why, or whoever. Um, it's similar to probably your answer, Michael. Should there at least be something? Should there always be some kind of plan? And I think that the same question applies to this. Should there be some kind of communication either before or after the plan? Well, of course that's yes. Yeah, because, you know, it could be that there's something else that he didn't even think about. That's good. Or when I talk to Sarah about things, just talking to her helps me think of ideas and reminds me of certain things that I hadn't thought about. You know, let's say he wanted... Uh, he said, you know, I want Don to have X portion of my estate. Mm-hmm. And, but then, but he was concerned about Don's significant other sure. or spouse or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I want Don to get X, but after Don dies, I would like things to go to my other children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he could do something about that. Mm-hmm. Does he know that you could do something about that? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So you have to see what it is uh, what it is that was the pain, mm-hmm. and then you just play it. Now, knowing your dad, mm-hmm. although who's I've never, a lawyer. You know, who's a lawyer, <laughs> uh, and he's very meticulous. Very. And he, he may be old-fashioned, but he's, he's, he's nobody's fool. No. And he has quite a reputation mm-hmm. uh, throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was talking, by the way, I was at a wedding last weekend in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, with somebody who's on a uh, who lives on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and it, this accounting firm uh, deals with religious stations. Is that right? And he knew Dad. That's interesting. Small yeah. world. Yeah, yeah he's right. been around for sixty years. My grandfather uh, died in nineteen sixty. To use the word again. 59 or 60, and so he was around a long time. Uh, so yeah, they, do know, they know the name Crawford Broadcasting for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. been around a long time, and my father is going out kicking. He's not sleeping or relaxing or even considering retiring because he's always said to me, what else am I going to do? But anyway, I appreciate you letting me deviate. Uh, my father's not drug addicted. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, none of my, my sisters are, thankfully, um, but there are people who have drug-addicted children, what are they supposed to do about them, Michael? Well, I mean, a lot of times, really, the probably the one of the better answers, although there are several answers, is having some sort of drug-trusting provision in your will or trust. Mm-hmm. And there could be all sorts of different ways you do that. 
Um, sometimes people have urine samples. Sometimes they have hair follicle tests. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's more than one test. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you would be you have to be specific. Uh, so nobody will second guess what your intent is, and you should give specific intentions to the trustee. Mm. By the way, the trustee probably shouldn't be a sibling or some other family member because either they'll be persuaded to act differently and or it'll cause conflict at a later date, saying, that's my money, says right. the drug-addicted person, give me my money, and it causes fights that they'll have fights for the rest of their life Mm. and you don't really want to have family Mm. conflict so it's probably better to have somebody depending on how much is money or assets that are at stake if it's a larger um, amount then you can might consider it a professional trustee uh, like a bank or some other trustee that's Mm -hmm. professional that uh, or corporate or whatever that's Mm -hmm. used to dealing with the situation but if it's smaller then it's going to be some other individual that you trust Mm -hmm. but you need to give them specific parameters okay there'll be a hair follicle test every year uh, and this is what you do and this is what happens if they don't do this or that Uh, so uh, the most common thing, at least for that we see, is a trust within your will or a trust within your trust. Just think of it like um, all, there's all sorts of different types of trust. You could have a testamentary trust, a trust within your last will and testament that says the share that goes to that drug-addicted child is in a trust that somebody else is in charge, and this is how it's distributed on these different conditions. What do they have to follow? And is there, what are the next steps? Mm-hmm. Of course, you could. Uh, you know, earlier we talked about, you know, maybe it depends on the age. Maybe it's somebody, you know, a lot of times kids do something silly in college because they just haven't grown up or whatever. And they you say, well, they're going to they're gonna be okay later on in life. So mm-hmm. you might have it where it's staggered, staggered distributions. Okay, uh, they'll get 25% at uh, 25 uh, Uh, And if, it may be that you have to look at the condition too, and if they pass their test, their whatever type of drug test that you might give them, I told you the hair follicle or it could be the urine or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and another 25% at 35, another 25% at uh, 45, 55, whatever, whatever age you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you could do it that way. So that would be a staggered uh, distribution. Uh, so besides the just regular drug testing uh, is determined by the trustee. You could also have a discretionary trust. I leave it solely to the discretion of the trustee. They'll make distributions whenever they want, uh, but they'll look at whatever the story is and they make the determination. But uh, it could otherwise, you could just have some reckless spending. Of course, you could have it where it doesn't go to the the cash doesn't go to the uh, disabled or I say disabled the uh, mentally uh, the problem with their drugs Mm -hmm. uh, issue. Uh, You could have it. um, uh, Let's say you had a some sort of a health education maintenance and support standard, but you make a restriction that the trustee has to pay directly for the landlord, the electric bill whatever it is, mm-hmm. as opposed to giving money to the child who may waste it on drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of reminds you, I hate to say this because I don't want to uh, put everybody in a class, but, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of homeless people 
uh, on the streets. Mm-hmm. And you wonder how, if you give them money, where is that money going? Is it going to alcohol or mm-hmm. drugs? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of times that could be the situation. Sure. Although I remember my wife said uh, we we were walking once and uh, the person said, oh, I want food and she took him into this homeless person into a, 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 some sort of place that served food and she said what would you like she said well, i don't want any of that stuff give me starbucks right <laughs> right you know you were talking i thought you were going to say to me that i guess if you gave them food it was packaged pre-produced they could return it Whereas at a restaurant, you can't return the food, right, right, right. but I, I'm sure they tr- at least have tried that too. But it is sad when you try to be charitable and help the homeless out and they just want it for drugs or alcohol. And that's, that's tough. But you don't know when it comes to drug addicted children, um, children in general, relationships, things change. And this is why you need to attend Michael's next workshop, which is August the 3rd, which is a Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And, and Michael, first tell them where the walk- workshop is located because this is the next step in terms of making certain your estate planning and government assistance is solid and current. Uh, where is the workshop? Well, it's in our office building. There's a conference center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm by uh, Medical City Hospital, mm-hmm. which is uh, Forest near Central, okay. just to the north of that. Central Expressway. S- and south of L- LBJ, LBJ yes, okay. 75. Uh-huh. And 635. 75 and 635. Okay. For, I call it Central and LBJ because I'm an old-time Right. For us Pennsylvanians, we call by numbers. But, yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay. So that's where it is. And and those workshops, the one on August the 3rd, what's what's going to happen there? Uh, we ask people what they want to know. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's about estate planning. It could mm-hmm. be, Or it could be about Medicaid. We never know what the questions are going to be. Mm-hmm. So we say, what do, we, what, what do you want to know? Uh, and then we write the questions down on a board, and, and then two hours of that free estate planning essentials workshop, we answer those questions, plus we give more information. We have a short um, discussion or, or presentation uh, on basics mm-hmm. so that people have the understanding. A lot of people don't know either what a will is or a trust is or a power of attorney and some basic stuff, or about how you plan for, uh, you know, particularly if their people are older. A lot of times people are disabled. Uh, they want to know about special needs trust or uh, they mean how to pay for long-term care costs if they don't have uh, insurance. Uh, so we go through some of those basic things, but we ask people what they want to know, and every workshop is different because we don't know what the questions are going to be before the workshop. Mm-hmm. And we proceed to answer those questions in that two hours of that free estate planning essentials workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you learn from not only the questions that you've asked, but you learn from the questions of others. Uh, and actually, if you go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, then we also give a free one-hour vision meeting. That's a private meeting? A private meeting mm-hmm. and a t- time to be decided mm-hmm. at a later date mm-hmm. uh, where we go over your individual situation perhaps in more depth if either you wanted to keep it private and didn't want to ask the questions in front of a group uh, or just to get in more depth as to what your situation is to find out more details and see what the pain is and how you fix that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not most people don't ask about the topic that we've had here today about how do you deal with a drug addicted child. Mm-hmm. It, this is just a different thing, but we're just seeing that in the news a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it is a more common thing if there's a disabled child. Uh, how do you plan? You don't want to lose public benefits. It could be 
oh, how do I just avoid probate? What about beneficiary designations? Because some things are basic, but a lot of times people say, what do I do to preserve assets so I don't lose my home if my loved one is on Medicaid? Or how do I preserve assets so the government will help take care of cost of care mm-hmm. if I either at home or in a nursing home because it's so expensive? And um, uh, what are the rules? So mm-hmm. everything we you do is within the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, basically, we never know what the questions are, uh, and through those two hours of the free estate planning essential workshop, we answer those questions and can go in further depth with a one-hour vision meeting. To go to that free estate planning essentials workshop on August 3rd at 10 o'clock a.m., all you have to do is call 214-720-0102, that's 214 720 0102 or sign up online at dallaselderlawyer.com dallaselderlawyer.com and you'll be signed up Uh, I should mention one of the perks so to speak is that free KAAM coffee mug that's who you know when I say perks I really meant it Mm -hmm. uh, because you could smell the coffee perking (laughs) perking very funny you know it's interesting while you were talking I was thinking free workshop, free vision meeting that a lot of people, a lot of attorneys could or, and do charge for. And Michael doesn't have to because Michael's not there to perform or act. Michael just knows the facts. He eats, breathes, and sleeps estate planning government assistance. He understands this so well that you're going to be so impressed that you're going to want him to work on your plan. That's the whole point. That's why he doesn't have to charge. That's the way I see it as someone who utilized Mike's services many years ago for my estate planning, which I think is complicated. I could be wrong, but maybe not. But it's still important to me um, so that Sarah and family and others um, don't have issues when I pass away. Or even if I need a power of attorney to take care of certain things, Michael's established that for me too. But I wasn't sure back then. I'm not even sure today necessarily. So I'm sure you're probably unsure, and this is why you need to attend his next workshop on August the 3rd, to ensure that you're safe and protected via Michael Cohen, not other attorneys in Texas, but Michael Cohen. Dial 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Final thoughts, Michael, on how to deal with estate planning when you have a drug-addicted child. Yeah, um, okay. So you could have incentive trust. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, if you do certain things, you pass certain tests, Mm -hmm. then okay, all right, then we'll give you X or however you want to distribute. Which is good. I I sort of believe in strings attached when it comes to issues like this. Yeah, you could have a completion of a drug treatment. Uh, You know, a lot of times it's more uh, you should have, you know, maybe a urine test isn't enough. Maybe you should just have continuing counseling. Like that. You know, and we'll give you incentives if you've taken these things, and we'll give you more after you've completed these things because you could be relapsed. Mm-hmm. And so you keep things in incentives to try to uh, have, have a uh, make sure you're trying to do what's best for the the person who has the drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's in simply counseling, just like anything in life. It, we could, whether it's a psychiatrist or a nutritionist, you, a lot of times you have to counsel. And so maybe there should be continued counseling uh, as an incentive to get things done. Good point. Um, 
You know, before I even finish up, I also think it's real important that you choose the proper trustee mm-hmm. because a lot of times uh, it's really a concern that people, often they just choose a family member and that's the worst. Really, an independent person, if you can get somebody who's willing to act, mm-hmm. who's going to be uh, try to be a fair person so it's not going to create uh, some sort of controversy between the family for years to come, or if it's uh, enough of an asset, as we mentioned earlier, should have a professional uh, who who can deal with the assets mm-hmm. so that uh, we cannot, uh, I know it's an expense and that's what a lot of people look at, but really it's totally unemotional then. And if you get somebody totally unemotional who will not be persuaded by the person who's asking for the money, remember they always think of it as their money mm-hmm. and they'll do whatever they can to get that money for the addiction mm-hmm. a lot of times. Right. So really you have to plan the proper trustee and so you have to figure that out too. Just don't have a family member generally. Completely agree. Attend Michael's next workshop on Thursday, August 3rd at 10 o'clock. Just go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up. Michael Cohen, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.